Welcome to the More We Know podcast with your host and social media influencer, Mir. Gen Zs and millennials need information now. That is why Mir is bringing in experts from all around the world. Because the more we know, the more we learn, and the more we earn. Here is your host now. Enjoy. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the More We Know podcast, which is a mentorship podcast launched for people in their Gen Zs to learn from experts from all around the world. Today, we have such an exceptional, exceptional guest that I know will motivate and provide you a ton of value. And it's the founder and CEO of Spartan, which is the world's leading endurance sports brand. And Joe, Joe DeSanta, he's also not only the founder of Spartan, but he's a New York Times bestseller and also the host of the CNBC show, No Retreat, which I'm a fan of. I've been checking the snippets on Instagram, and he's also been featured on many different major outlets, Forbes, you know, Joe Rogan show, just to name a few. He's had an illustrious career, and he's our mentor today, and we're so excited to have him. Joe, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I need a mentor. <laughs> we all we all need a mentor and this was the reason the podcast was launched in a way and, and your career is, is nothing short of it because one thing that i found interesting about you is you've never been shy away from hard work um whether it was on wall street or whether it was creating your own business in high school and college you know the value of hard work uh unfortunately a lot of my generation today struggles with that today where did you develop that mindset that go-getter attitude from a young age Look, I, I grew up in a neighborhood. I think we're products of our environment. Um, it is amazing. I have four children now, and I think you either set kids up for success or failure. I happened to grow up in a, in, a, in a neighborhood where everybody hustled, everybody worked. And if you didn't, you got pushed to the side. And, and uh, it was in Queens, New York. And, you know, there's a lot of people doing bad things, a lot of organized crime, but there were a lot of people doing good things that ran businesses. And, it was, it was very common to walk into somebody's house, your friend's house as a kid, and mom literally had a CB radio in the kitchen because she was doing radio calls for tow trucks while she was making pasta and sauce for the family. So if you grow up in that kind of environment, you realize that, hey, we all work. We wake up at 5 a.m. We start buttering bagels. We start tr- you know driving trucks. We do what we got to do. Um, if you grow up in a, in, in a, in a family in a neighborhood that doesn't, um, you know, doesn't uh, model that, then how would the kids know unless genetically they're just programmed to be a work machine? So, so I don't think I was genetically programmed for it. Although my mom and dad are both were both hard workers, I um I saw it. I'm I I, I had a lot of people modeling it, and now. Although you you saw it live, was there was there a certain hunger and fuel that you felt in your you know early teens and twenties that you wanted to accomplish? I wanted to make money. I wanted to be able to pay my bills. I didn't want. I wanted to have a family someday where I didn't fight over money. Uh, I used to clean swimming pools at a very very young age, and all my customers had refrigerators and nice cars and nice houses, and I was like, "How the hell do I get that stuff?" and one day, my mother said, uh, you can have anything you want. You got to work. And that was it. A worker was born. You know, I just started working. And, and um, I, I liked the taste of money when I got paid. I like I getting a pat on the pack. Uh, somebody saying I did a good job. Um, 
Yeah, and that, that was it. That started uh, that started a lot of momentum for me. Now, w- one thing that's amazing about you is you always kind of preach this sense of, you know, you, you got to go get it, right? You're going to fail. You're going to go through it. And, and Spartan, look at that, what you have to do to accomplish, you know, in, in those races as well. Did you ever feel, because we struggle with this, a lot of us Gen Zs, did you ever feel a little bit of sense of entitlement? Like when you were even cleaning pools, was it like, oh, how come he has money, but I don't? Or you never had that at all? I never, I never had that. I, my brain, as I, as I answer the question, I'm thinking mm-hmm. my brain always went to how do I get that? What do I have to do? What is he or she doing that I'm not doing? If they got it, I could get it. But I never, I never thought I should have it. Um, I grew up, I think in a family that was just, they were very big believers in like meritocracy. Like you had to earn it. Um, and, and if you didn't want to work, um, we, I don't want to feel any sorrow or pity for you because you're not working like we, so whether that was right or wrong, whether that's politically correct or not, that's, that's, the, that's the model, um, I followed is go get after it or don't get it. Yeah. And, and look, it's a testament to what you've accomplished today and, and what you continue to accomplish every single year. It's, it's, it's quite amazing. So what was the, that college process like for you? Like, where'd you go to school and, and, and what, what did that look like? I had no intention of going to college. I didn't know anything about it. Nobody, nobody modeled that for me. Nobody showed me, um, here are the different colleges. Let's go on a college tour. Nobody in my family had ever gone to college. Nobody from the neighborhood was going to college. Um, my parents got divorced. My mother moved us to Ithaca, New York. And it turns out Cornell University is located in Ithaca, New York. So um, I was graduating high school and I was on my way back to the neighborhood in Queens to go live with my dad. And my friend, whose father was a professor at Cornell, literally three months before graduation said, hey, do you want to go to Cornell? And I said, how, how the hell would we go to Cornell? And he said, well, well, my dad is a professor in the hotel school and he can get us in. All we got to do is go interview. So I said, all right, you got a guy. Let's go, let's go, uh, let's go interview with this guy. So I got a suit and I went and interviewed and, um, the interview went really well, but neither of us got accepted. So it didn't work. Um, but now I was intrigued. Now I, now this college thing I was interested in. So I found out that we could, we could go to college, we'd go to Cornell and not be matriculated, not earn any credits, but we could take some classes. And if we did well, there was a chance they would let us in. So that summer I buckled down. I went to St. John's University in Queens. I learned how to study. I went back to Cornell, worked my butt off that first semester, got two A's and a B, which like you might as well have considered me working for NASA to get two A's and a B in school <laughs> at that point. And I reapplied and I didn't get accepted. And so now I was even more interested. And so I did it again and I didn't get accepted. By then my friend had quit. He went out to University of Las Vegas and he, he decided to pack it in. You know, who's, his dad was a professor at Cornell. I continued on my path and, um, on the fourth semester where I was falling way behind because I wasn't taking the credits legitimately like everybody else was. And I was starting to like, I was starting to lose steam and, 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 um, focus. And maybe this wasn't for me. And I was going to go back to the neighborhood and my mom 
like any mom who doesn't want to lose their kid, who's about to move away for good, she said, look, I teach yoga. My mom was a yoga teacher. I teach yoga to this professor, Anita Racine at Cornell, who's willing to meet with you. Can you meet her? And I was like, oh, here we go again. I've already done this four <laughs> semesters ago. My mom doesn't know anybody. This is some yoga lady. And I had lunch with Professor Anita. And I sat down with her and she said, oh, I was looking at your transcripts. I know your mom. It looks like you're, you're doing well. Um, she said, I, do you like textiles? And I said, um, I don't really know what a textile is. And she said, because... <laughs> Because we have 92 women in the, in the department studying textiles and we have, you know, no men and we're looking for some diversity. And I said, oh, I love textiles. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so she got me in and I studied textiles for the remainder of my, um, my semesters. And I graduated with 92 women. And I could tell you to this day by watching a movie, what era um, a movie is based on based on uh, women's wow. hemlines in the movie because uh, <laughs> what I studied. But if I had to do it, I would do it all over again. I owe my life to uh, Professor Anita Racine, and um, I was incredibly fortunate. I graduated on time. But you know, when when you hear that story, you think back to what what the magic dust was. It was um, I just worked hard. I just worked hard, and I, I never take no for an answer. And and it goes to show you that success isn't necessarily linear either, right? Like you had to go through so many different paths to get to where you did. That's right. Now, I read that you started your own trading firm on Wall Street. Like, how, how did that come about? You went from what you're just talking about now to ending up on Wall Street. How did that, like, what was that? I met a guy at Cornell who managed money for, for um, a large pension fund, and he took me under his wing. He was Italian. I came from an Italian neighborhood. I was smart enough to go bring him a bottle of Sambuca <laughs> and, um, and, and, and earn favor from him. And uh, we became buddies, and he kept pushing me to go, um, to, go to Wall Street. Uh, upon graduation, which I had no interest in. I didn't know anything about it. And he kept pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. And um, four years later, he called me every month at the beginning of the month. Every month he called me and he said, um, you got to go to Wall Street. And I said, Al, stop calling you. I, I mean, I like talking to you, but I'm not going to Wall Street. I, I got a great business in Queens. I'm cleaning swimming pools. I, all my customers are organized crime. I'm the toughest guy around. This is great. <laughs> and um, he ultimately convinced me to buy a stock. That stock made a bunch of money in a 24-hour period. I said, man, this guy is right. I'm going to Wall Street. Cleaning pools is for the pool boy. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm no longer the pool boy. I'm going to Wall Street. <laughs> so I, uh, I got a job on Wall Street. Uh, I learned the business. And then I started my own firm. And then what was that like when you had your own trading firm? Like, How long did you keep that for? I ran that business from 95, 97 to about 2010. Wow. Uh, I sold it in 2005, but I stayed on as, as part of an earnout, and um, and then I bought a farm in Vermont, married my wife, had a bunch of children, bought some goats and some cows and um, chickens, and said while we were on the farm, I said, oh, you know, we should put on races, and so then the race business was born. 
what's what's crazy is as I'm looking at this trend of what you've accomplished, like even if you look at something like a trading firm, stocks, as you know, is one of the most ruthless businesses ever, right? They you could be down fifty percent. You look at some even something like Facebook down fifty, sixty percent. Um, but you maintain the sense of discipline, whether it's been fitness or a trading firm or cleaning swimming pools, this like grit and attitude of just no, I'm not gonna take no for an answer continues to make you win. And a lot of us struggle with Gen Z's though, with the fact that we think that people are either a lucky or two, after a few no's, we just want to give up, you know? So it's just, it's just, it's, it's tricky for us. Well, I think you could fix every Gen Z. Why don't we do this? Um, the more, the more we know how many Gen Z's listen to this thing. So we have tens of thousands every month that come in just specifically Gen Z. So specifically 21 to 24 year olds and the people that are just graduate, which is just graduating college. So, so, and where are they physically located all across America, all across America, some Europe. All right. So I would suggest all these Gen Z's in Europe and America. Uh, I'm going to give you a free race. If you've never raced before, you could do a tough wow. motor, you could do a Spartan race, you do a deck, whatever we have uh, anywhere in the world. Um, you just got to reach out to, to, to the host here and um, put together a big spreadsheet. And uh, it's on me because I promise you when you finish this race, you are going to completely transform your mindset. You're never going to quit anything again. You're going to level up. You're going to realize, oh, my God, I am tough. I am resilient. I can get shit done. And the reason that happens is because you are tough. You are resilient. You can get shit done. But you've learned helplessness. When mommy and daddy constantly wipe our butts and take care of everything for us, we don't learn to push through. And, um, and so I had an advantage. I learned to push through at a young age. And so I could create that environment for people. And I do create that environment at these events. I have no, I'm not asking for anything. I literally just want to make the world a better place. So, but here's the interesting thing. Tens of thousands of people are going to listen to this. They're not going to get in touch with you. I'll give a speech every year at Cornell. I, I stand up in front of 600 kids at Cornell, right? And I'm like, hey, I'm going to help all of you. Just come down. I'll give you my email. And of the 600, 30 raised their hand. Yeah, I'm in, Mr. DeSanto. Come down. 30, right? So, so, so 5%. 5% come down. And uh, of the 5%, Three percent, you know, a, a small percentage of them even get in touch with me. Of the ones that get in touch with me, a small percentage of them even follow up. So I'm telling you, I have the solution. I have the solution to level up your life and make you a go-getter badass. It's on me. There's no cost. Reach out to this host. I, I like. If you don't do it, I, I you should just stay on your couch eating Doritos and watching Netflix. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Joe and Joe and I didn't even have a conversation before this. So for him to offer that about it's, it's re remarkable. So you really have to take advantage of it and you can just DM me the way you guys always DM me and take advantage of that. Cause that is amazing, which, which leads me, Joe, thanks so much. And it leads me into the next point about we're going to make a code for you. Gen Z, Gen Z and no Netflix on the couch. You guys got to actually come do this and kick butt. <laughs> so, so now, now this next part, which is Spartan, which is what we're talking about here. You said it on uh, on the CNBC show that you host, which is 90% of businesses fail, right? And that was a statistic that I saw. 
how did you come out and launch one of the world's greatest fitness brands companies when 90 when the statistic is against you i i mean i'm still fighting for my life here as a business um i think every business is, is always fighting for its life it can never get complacent certainly if you've if, if you've accumulated you know 300 400 billion dollars in cash like uh apple has it becomes a little easier but um but it, but it's a tough knife fight every day and the longer you play the game the more likely you are to get killed um, it's been a, it's been a miracle that we've survived as a business. Um, but it's just, you've got to be a, a monomaniac on a mission every day. Um, and, and you've got to be, uh, willing to pivot, which, you know, I'm human. So I, I have a tough time pivoting like everybody else. You've got to be willing to, as they say, shoot puppies, which is a tough thing to do. Um, because over, overall, the, the machine has to survive uh, in order to feed, you know, the people that are there. You can't – somebody t- told me a long time ago in business, um, you're going to have to sacrifice in order to help the business. But if you help the business, the business eventually helps you. If you help the business, the business eventually helps you. That is a powerful quote there. I, I love that there. And, you know – did, we all know you as Joe the Tough. You're tough. You're up at 4.35 a.m. You lead one this huge brand. But did you ever have any personal moments within Spartan? Like you, you mentioned, shit gets tough. Did you ever have personal moments where you thought you want to throw in the towel? Every fucking day. What are you talking about? Every day. Every day that. I want to quit. Yesterday, the day before, every day. It's like everybody but- else. It'd be so, you know how easy it is to just go get a job? get my paycheck every week, leave at five o'clock. It's lonely. That DNA that you have, and that DNA that you have, it's, 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 that's so, that's so powerful to share because not everyone is built for that DNA and entrepreneurship on Instagram is glamorized. I'm sure you've seen it. Everyone thinks it's dope with the private jets. What about the fact that someone's paychecks is on you? You know how many, you know how many people I've seen at the top of a ski lift uh, without skis on, taking pictures, making it look like they're skiing. Come on, all that stuff. All that stuff is for show. <laughs> it's for show. It's, it's, I don't it's, even it's, know it's, if it's the real yeah. private jet. It's probably photoshopped. It could be. It, look, lots of my friends have have access to private jets. I can go snap some pictures too. Look at Joe. He's on a private jet every day. And that's what I love about you, Joe. You just keep it so real. And you, and even on your show on CNBC, everywhere you're at, you never make it seem like this is easy. Like there's, there's a toughness to it. Now, what, what advice can you give us 20, 21 year olds that are just graduating college that are battling between being like you and launching a business versus going and getting a job? What's, how do you go navigate that? First of all, um, let's say you're 2021 and you want to get after it and you get in touch with a guy like me and there's a million guys like me that are running a business and it's in an industry you like. Imagine sending me an email. I'm going to like, let's say you sent me an email today and you said, Hey, Mr. Senna, I'm 21 years old. I I just got out of college. Um, I understand you're in Orlando, Florida now. Um, I'd love to come. I'm pretty good at this, that here's my superpower. Uh, I'm willing to come work for free. You know what my answer would be? When can you be here? And if you're good and you hustle and you get after it and you're the first one in and the last one to leave, guess what's going to happen? You're going to start getting paid. 
And if you're better and you're the last one to leave and the first one to arrive every day, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be running a division. And if you're good, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to hand you the keys one day. I'm going to say, you're now CEO. It's that simple. But a lot of people don't don't have that grit, right? The same thing you no, said about the universities. Listen, don't blame yourself that you don't want to do the work. A human being and its brain are specifically designed to avoid discomfort at all costs. We have been alive on the planet this long because our brains say, oh, don't do that. Don't expend all that energy. The brain requires too much energy. Don't go there. It's cold. Don't go there. It's hot. Don't fall off that cliff. We are the number one motivator for a human being is the avoidance of discomfort. So, of course, you don't want to be uncomfortable. That's scary to send a CEO an email. Oh, not going to get paid. Why the hell would I do that? Because Joe sees 500. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. I'm here. Because Joe sees 500 resumes a day. And the one that talks like that is the one that we look at. And that, like I said, you know, the the fact that a lot of people aren't willing to do that, but they should be. And you just said it live on on this call, right? Like it's it's tough, and that's what, one of the reasons we have this podcast to help these Gen Zs to push towards that. Now, aside from just the natural uncomfort and, and fear, uh, what about support system? How important is it to have you know the support of your spouse or your family or your friends? Because a lot of that there's going to be negativity and hate from people saying, "Oh, Joe, you can't do that, man. You can't be on a show. You can't do that." Um, listen. Whether you have support or not, um, of course, with support, with community, it becomes much easier. Um, if, if you are every Friday night hanging out with your friends, burping and drinking beer and watching you know, sports, that's what you're going to be doing in 25 years. However, if you surround yourself with a bunch of people that are getting after it, they're going to uh, help level you up. They're going to hold you to a standard. So surround yourself with great people, people that are getting after it. Uh, you're going to be elevated. They're going to be elevated. Don't waste time doing stuff that's not moving the needle and um, and get it done no matter what. Uh, listen, I love that. Use the word critic. If people are like mad at you, just say, hey, those people are they're, they're very critical of me. No big deal. Um, even Elon Musk has lots of people critical of him, but he doesn't let it get in the way. My battery is going to die. I'm down to four percent. So when it dies, the show is over. Yeah, well, look, and you're, you're, that's how you live your life. You're ready to roll with it. I'll, I'll go here towards the conclusion because I love that you said that. Now, what about something like failing? When you fail, what does your mindset look like? Because I think we could get a lot of value from that. When you fail, when you lose money, when you lose an employee, whatever it is, how do you bounce back? Listen, I've probably had 11,783 failures in the, in the 40 years I've been doing business. I had a failure yesterday. I failed today. I failed the day before. And what I found as you get older, I'm 53 years old now, is um, the sun keeps rising and the moon comes up at night and you go to bed and you wake up and you do it again. Like, you know, people say, Joe, how was your flight? I say, well, the plane landed. I mean, it didn't have to land. That would be a major failure. That's terminal. Like any other failure, it's just like, it's just a, a learning experience. That's it. So uh, I'm not saying it's not hard. It's hard on me too, but, but I got to constantly remember like, no big deal. It's a mere obstacle. No big deal. Obstacle, critics. I, I love everything you said there. Just, just a master class there. The last question is, is going back to your 20-year-old self right now, what would Joe tell his 20-year-old self? I would say be patient. Life is a lot longer than you think it is. I'd say work harder. Uh, it's, it's never going to end, unfortunately. 
And then I would say, build bridges, don't burn them. I've had lots of people in my life. I got pissed off at them. They got pissed off at me. You burn that bridge, not worth it. Build bridges, don't burn them. Build bridges, don't burn them. That is an amazing lesson for you guys. I hope you're listening. I hope you take advantage of the offer that Joe just provided you guys. That you is guys aren't going to do it. You're not going to do it. Come I on, know guys. You got to. Pro- prove him wrong and do it. He wants I'm you to do it. I'm in 45 countries. I've dealt with you people all over the place. doesn't matter the size, the shape. You're afraid. You want your Doritos. You want to watch Netflix. I get it. But, but if you do, if you're the one person, the 1%, that takes me up on it, you'll change your life forever. There's no choice. I don't even want anything from you. I don't even want it. I just, I, what I want is you to have, get the most out of yourself. That's what I want. And Joe, I'm trying to lose my last hundred pounds here. I want to pay for it. I want to do it personally and have my audience follow. So I'm going to sign you're, up. You're not paying. What you should do is pick one of the events. Where are you located again? Chicago. Chicago. Find an event, Tough Mudder or Spartan. Send me an email on the event. You, I want you to get 299 followers of yours, 299, okay. so we have a total of 300. You're going to lead them. It's all on me, no charge, My and man. we're going to document it. Awesome. I, I really appreciate that. I'm going to work on that. I know your phone's going to die, but where can the audience, people listening in from their car now, find you? Where can they find you? Just send me an email, joeatspartan.com. Just keep the email short, one sentence only, joeatspartan.com. One sentence. And follow Joe on Instagram, Follow and check out his CNBC, CNBC show as well. There's a lot there. You guys are awesome. I'll see you. Thanks, Joe, so much. We'll talk soon. I appreciate your time. No problem.